Hey guys, welcome back to the RFRS podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works where each week we take some from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. My name is Aaron. And this week, Aaron, everyone else is away on holiday. Patrick is moving house. Ben's, I assume, sitting with his feet up. Like the slovenly, <laughs> like the slovenly man he is, Lord Muck himself, and we're here to do God's work and do the analysis. Yes. Uh, now, our last episode that we did together was our two-part mega Red Dead Redemption half mega podcast, analysis half video essay thing. Yeah. Um, that was probably the coolest thing that we've ever done in a long time, and one of my favorite things I've ever made. This is not going to be that. This is going to be a regular it's episode. Moonlighter. Yep. Yeah, we're going to talk about a cool indie game that we both think is cute <laughs> and fun and good. Um. Moonlighter is a 2018 game. It was developed by Digital Sun and published by 11-Bit Studios. Um, the Wikipedia describes it as a roguelike game about a shopkeep that dreams of becoming a hero. Yeah. How would you describe it? Because I, I kind of, when I think about the way I play it, that's not, I don't really describe it. I don't know. It's weird. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about the title. Because I don't think that Wikipedia description does it justice. No, because the... Moonlight is like, A, the name of the, the shop. It's A, the name of the shop. B, the name of the activity that you do, which is moonlighting as a hero. As a hero. Or alternatively, depending on how far into the game you are, moonlighting as a shopkeeper. Yeah. (laughs) Because Because this this game is about uh, managing your finances, selling the loot that you accrue in dungeons, and also dungeon delving. Yeah, my my summary is like five dot points. So I pretty much cover all of that, more or less. Um, The game opens with William, the young proprietor of the Moonlighter, a general merchant store in the town of Rhinoka. By day, William runs the Moonlighter, and by night, he ventures into the magical dungeons near town, defeating strange creatures and collecting their loot. He then sells the items during the day at his shop, dreaming of opening the fifth gate of the dungeons to see what lies beyond. From a gameplay perspective, each dungeon is procedurally generated and themed from things like golem to forest to tech. William uses his earnings to rebuild the industry of the town, as well as inviting new merchants and crafters to aid in his quest on the dungeon. He also rebuilds the shop to its former glory. The player progresses through the dungeons, defeating fierce bosses until they reach the unknown final dungeon that has never been opened before. That's kind of the game. Like, it's not... It's, yeah. There's not a ton of, like, like narrative plot, but there's no. a lot of really nice little moments. I think the, the, the story in this game doesn't matter so much that they start really leaning into the fact that it doesn't matter at all toward the very end i think because to the loops themselves like and we'll talk about it when we talk about like the narrative and the ludonarrative dissonance and stuff but there's definitely an element of this game that the more i played it the more like each dungeon when you defeat the the creature it's a zen i can't remember the guy zenith or the the old man yes um he comes up the old man he's like kid (laughs) you gotta you're being real dangerous you gotta stop going into those dungeons kid and after like the fourth one he's like well i'm not gonna stop you i'm going by and you're like oh yeah okay don't blame me if anything crazy happens he does have a cheeky moment at the start of the game where like the first time that you die and you come out he's like you're in bed and stuff he's like it's dangerous to go alone take this and he gives you the sword (laughs) i I tweeted at you and i was like you son of a bitch this game's adorable it is yeah yeah yeah. it is it's filled with a lot of moments like that yeah Um, really fun references yeah so had you played because this is a roguelike very much like binding of isaac had you played those kinds of games i've played binding of isaac before absolutely because i haven't so this was for me like a i've seen people play it but this was a fresh experience for me yeah i I find binding a little more fast paced. Mm-hmm. This one, this one's very. Um, this one, Moonlighter in particular, mm-hmm. is dodge at the right time. Yep. It dodge 
dodge, dodge and, and dodge again. And you should be fine. Yeah, yeah just keep dodging. Yeah. Um, because uh, there's there's not a lot because in in binding you obviously have a ranged attack mm-hmm. most of the time. Yep. Um, uh, in this one you're primarily melee based, and so it's all about getting in there, dealing a little bit of damage, and, and then zipping back yeah. out. It's it's less. The sh- the kind of shoot the twitch shooty kind of space invaders style mm. moving out of the bullets way kind of thing and it's more like it's more like a t- uh, like a, the game what was the game I was thinking of um, Dead Cells where it's like it has like that's like a two D platform side scroller version of Dark Cells whereas mm. this feels like it has more more kind of spiritual energy of that but in the the kind of isometric realm yeah yeah I it's, suppose. it's 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 a curious one because when you put it onto me I wasn't expecting to to like it because I don't generally like, I never found the idea of the Binding of Isaac games interesting. Mm. But it was the narrative in this when you were like, oh, by day you're a shopkeep, and then by night yeah. you kill, and then you sell the stuff that you you loot. And I was like, oh, that's really fucking cool. I don't, yeah, the the, the combat in this game I don't find as rewarding as uh, selling your mm. goods. Um, Managing the store and catching thieves and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, catching know? the thieves is a, is a big, yeah. big part of like uh, the what what sold it for me. That that was charming. It's it's delightful because there's there's no like it's it's not what's what's the word? Um, it doesn't grind you down. No. The amount of thieves in the game didn't like you're never going. Oh, no. I'm I'm never going to beat this game because there are too many thieves. And in you this can game also now. like you know you can you can get things to hang on your walls that make thieves less likely to turn up and when yeah. you have a shop assistant she'll kind of tackle them for you yeah um and she'll even go out the shop and chase them down and bring the stuff back <laughs> um which is fun so it's definitely sort of it was a game that i wasn't expecting to like and then i was immediately charmed by mm. um but i i think the idea the thing that i kind of latched onto when i was doing some research trying to work out why i enjoyed it was that idea of um the Ludo narrative and the storytelling and things like that so there's a concept in game design which is Ludo narrative dissonance which is the conflict between a game's a game's narrative and a narrative communicated through gameplay. So uh, what's the difference between what the story of the game is and what the actual gameplay is? Mm-hmm. So in Halo, the story is Master Chief going to this strange Halo ring and then, you know, escaping and, and escaping the flood or whatever. Mm. But the, the, the moment-to-moment gameplay storytelling sometimes reflects that, but other times doesn't. And it's the dissonance between those two things that... Um, tends to be the difference between really, really great games and ones that you go, well, the story was good or the gameplay is great. You know, it's kind of like the Bioshock Infinite thing where mm. the, the literal narrative dissonance between how good that story is and how average the shooting mechanics and stuff like that are mm. means that the game feels like kind of strange and that dissonance kind of sticks in your brain because obviously yep. humans like to experience the least amount of dissonance possible. Um, and Moonlighter tie, I think they ties, ties them together pretty well because the story is fairly light. Um, yeah. Because you start the game weak, incredibly and light, really light. Like, and because you start, start the game weak, and you kind of want to beat the first boss, but you mostly, I, I wrote down exactly what you said. You mostly enjoy the pleasantness of selling shit in the shop. Yeah, like, that's the fun bit. And the dungeons feel like a necessary kind of trial to buy the cool new upgrade or to, you know, get the the new pot that you want that's going to get you more money. Or, the yeah, the the bosses are kind of secondary in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they obviously they guard like a treasure chest of loot that you can sell for heaps of money but not just a, so much money not especially unique loot yeah no 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 there then there are ways that you can find like you can uh, go spelunking kind of mm-hmm. there's like a, a a minor spelunking mechanic where if you fall down right, like correct holes at the right time yeah. you can find secret rooms within the dungeon or like secret um, chests that will teleport your items back to town yeah 
secret challenge rooms that get you more loot or yeah. better items. But the anytime anytime that you participate in the dungeon, as long as you get out fine, like as long as you don't die in there, you're taking a step forward. But it's I, the thing that yeah, basically there's, there's never like there's never any lost time. But um, it always <laughs> costs you money to leave unless you beat the whole dungeon. I never found that to be particularly debilitating. It, the only time I found it to be debilitating was when I beat the first boss really early on. Mm. Just out of like pure, like I just clutched it by accident, um, and then <laughs> like I didn't, I was not that great at the game. I just, I kind of beat it and went shit, and then I got to the second dungeon. I was not equipped for it, mm. and then going to the second dungeon at the start of that dungeon run was like a like an investment. Yeah, I was like, well, it's gonna cost me so much more money than I have right now to get out. Mm. There was one point where I couldn't get out. I had to keep going until I had enough money to put into the the mirror to then get out. Yeah, so that was the only time it kind of became an issue. But I think. Once you get a few upgrades into better armor, I, I found myself getting, like, more and more eager. Like, I was mm. building, like, better weapons, cooler armor, like, more sort of um, interesting equipment. I was, tr- I was trying to, like, balance my build a bit more. And then I was, like, all I was doing was going to the dungeons. Yeah. And I was doing, like, two or three days in the dungeons coming out and then, you know, coming up for air to sell stuff. And to meet, yes. a, to meet a quest objective from a townsfolk or whatever. Mm. And, even, and then I got the assistant. And then I spent less and less time in the shop and more and more time in the dungeons. And I was, like, I'm not enjoying this game anymore. What mm. happened? It's because I wasn't doing the fun bit. Yeah, which is which is selling yeah, shit. Because I became obsessed with the dungeon, and it's the fucking old man is right. He's like, just tend to the shop. You'll have a better time. Yeah, better time if, if you if you sell things. And that's a really interesting like, and it's <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? That's an interesting kind mm. of meta narrative thing happening with the gameplay where, and maybe I don't know if it's good or bad because it means the gameplay is not that fun all the time. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's kind of weird that that happened. Hey, yeah. Did you have a similar thing? Or? I did have a similar thing. Um. Not all of the weapon builds were particularly intuitive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll freely admit. Um, what the fuck's I, the lo- the giant Buster Swords? What are they doing? They that is that is absolutely insane. And and I watch people play the game with those Buster Swords, and I played the game with the mm-hmm. Buster Sword at the beginning because I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go around rocking this huge sword. Mm-hmm. But it's such an, it's so graceless. Mm-hmm. And and you're you're effectively just there tanking hits yeah, from the enemies and yeah. cleaving stuff out, so it gets a little bit too grindy for me. Yeah. I I like that balance of uh, strategically dodging out of the way at at the very last moment, and then getting the good hit and in. getting the good hit in. Yeah, the um, fun way to play Dark Souls, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, the even even against bosses. You know, watching people with those Buster Swords with any weapon that isn't isn't like a zippy fast kind it just of weapon. Up. Yeah, it's it, it's, it's, not, it's very not... difficult to watch people play the game it, that way. No <laughs> like, I mean, the, mm. that that the boss in the um uh the the desert dungeon. You know, yeah, where it's hot. That boss is so fucking hard. It's so difficult. Like that that was where I really came unstuck. I was mm. on that boss for so long. And I, I was like, okay, I need to enchant my armor. Like, I was like, at the point where I was like, I've done everything I can think of. Okay, what's what's next? And it was only when I had full enchanted gear, like I was full tier that I could get up to, full enchanted. Mm. I changed the way I had the spear and the fully powered short sword, and I was like in there, and I, I got the expensive potions, and I saved up, and I was upgrading the shop, and like, like it took me like a solid like ten hours of gameplay to beat that thing. Yeah, because it's so fucking hard. Yes, it it was. And the next boss was really easy. Yeah. Yeah, there was some balancing issues. Why didn't um, they swap those? Because they were just color themed. Like, I actually, I found um, uh, I I couldn't predict how how the dungeons were going to be uh, as far as as far as clearing them is concerned. 
how difficult they were going to be. Because the first one is Baby Town Frolics after a while. You know, you, you get in there, you learn everything's moveset. And you just... And there's there's no surprises. And then you get to the well, next... They, they either hit or they shoot. Those are the two yeah. options. In yeah, the, yeah, And yeah. There's, there's one guy who has a shield that you have to hit from behind. Yes. Those are the three core mechanics. Those are the three core mechanics. Yeah. And then you get into the plant dungeon, and there are pools of acid everywhere. There's pools of acid. There's a dude that throws wind that doesn't hurt you very much, but pushes you back. Pushes you into the acid. There's the acid things just that fucked with me the entire time. Ba- like, Beyblade-style bouncy mm. leaves that kill you, but then... Like, there's also a dude who sh- spits acid at you. Yeah. There they, were a lot of acid like, things there's in this. There's a lot of acid. A lot of and stuff going on. The that boss in the plant dungeon mm-hmm. uh, got in there and whooped his ass, mm-hmm. like, like in, in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you you made me into this. You made me into this maybe. monster. Yeah. Um, uh, because the, the dungeon getting there was so difficult. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I expected the rest of the 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 game to be like mm-hmm. that the dungeon was going to be the real the real chaos and the boss was just going to be an afterthought and then the, but that fucking the desert, desert fucking desert dungeon man I don't the know desert dungeon did. in itself was fine because you get in there with with your upgraded gear and, and you get used to wipe the, everything out because you've just done a whole dungeon with acid you know what to do with the lava yeah exactly so you, it, isn't a, it isn't it isn't a problem that. anymore there's a few enemies that like the rolly enemies are easy to deal with there's a few which do the the quick moving um, fire nymph yeah, right. That yeah, after yeah, yeah. a while started to shit me off. Yeah. There there were there was a lot more movement based in that dungeon, I felt. Yeah, well, I, you I know. even swapped to lighter armor for that dungeon. Yeah. So I would move quicker. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I played through I played through the whole game with, with the light armor set because I was changing I just in and out that depending speed. on depending on the dungeon. Um, yeah. Kind of which I never do in other roguelike games, but for that one I just felt like the thing that mm. like as I was playing William, I was like he would that's like I felt like he would be not that he's like Batman when he's like prepared for anything, but like I, it, I was like I wanted to I, I I don't know I play that game like I was him going okay what am I gonna do tonight mm. because I'm leaving the shop I need to be prepared I'm going to the forest it wasn't like I turn up to the gates and I'm like I'll just pick one I'm like no I'm going to the forest dungeon I'm gonna bring these potions because it's this level I'm gonna put on put on this armor for this reason like I I started planning it really carefully and it made those trips. That was when the game started being fun again. Mm. Is when I was like doing that that kind of prep work to yeah. sort of you know. It's like the start of a Mission Impossible film, where they're like, what's the mission? How are we going to do it? The strategy. You know? yeah. yeah. The strategy is, is yeah. what sold it after a while. Thoroughly, because the gameplay is fine. Yeah. But it's it's that process, I think, of of when you can... I talked about... Ben and I talked about this in our Skyrim episode, but one of our many Skyrim episodes, but there's something that happens when you treat that game instead of just, like, you know, being a good guy and killing all the baddies and sneaking around and stuff. But if you, if you try and roleplay those that game in a particular way it completely mm. changes it oh yeah so you go i'm gonna be uh you know this type of character i'm gonna primarily be a merchant and i'm gonna behave in this way and i'm gonna be a bad dude yeah but i'm not gonna kill people for no reason and you set yourself a series of rules and instead of going well how do i best min max the situation you go what would what would this character do and it completely changes the way that you interact with the world and it, I, it makes the game in my opinion like a thousand times more enjoyable you get a you get an interesting perspective when you when you've sort of grown up and you're less of an ed- edge lord and you play Skyrim again and yeah. it's actually better because oh, there's so many more because it's a weird thing if you play when you play evil when you play evil in these games the game just kind of like it gives you a bit too much like it gives you a bit too much freedom it's just like oh this door's locked you're like well good thing i have no morals and like 80 lock picking yeah you can bypass most problems yeah and it's like there's no there's no passion like you don't hate anyone as an evil character you just kind of you're just kind of generally a dick 
but like i've been playing like playing through this i've been like i'm gonna be i want to be i want to be a good guy yeah so i joined the imperials because the fucking Stormcloaks are racist Nazi scum. I dropped the main storyline and I did Dawnguard because I just fucking hate vampires. I've just been murking vampires. They're um, pretty good to kill. I went to Riften and fucking hated it, which you, I- Well, it's the worst of- it's, it's, it's this weird thing where like playing a good character, there's so much like- You're like, this is just- There's unpleasant. so much stuff that's like you can hate. Yeah, you can like get angry at someone because they're actually someone you can hate. You can be like, you know, Alfred Stormcloak, Stormcloak is a legitimate asshole because he killed a bunch of people, overthrew the the stable society because yeah. he had a. Hmm. And I felt very much the same with this game. Where the minute I started doing that stuff, and it wasn't, I didn't do it consciously. It just started happening. Where I was like, okay, well, William's got this chest for this armor and this chest for that armor, and I know what I'm ducking into, where my weapons are, and all that stuff. Okay, he's gonna brew these potions for this dungeon, and like I got into like a rhythm of like, mm. how's he approaching stuff, and then what's his relationship, to, uh, relationship to the shopkeep? Like, is he bringing her in every day when he's not there? Mm. Is he not? All that stuff that just was intuitive after a while and became part of my rhythm, totally changed it. I yeah, having fun again. Like, and that's what I've been doing the last few nights um, when I'm not watching Mad Men again. <laughs> on my like fifth rewatching Mad Men, but like, it. I don't know. It's it's a game that from a conceptually it's pretty basic but it's that all that interconnectedness of that ludo narrative i think the, the the most complex thing is determining what costs yes i have a whole section a lot should we um, talk about how the <laughs> hell the game does its currency so like can you can you explain like because when you said to me you were mm. like oh you have to sell stuff you don't know how much it costs i went yep. what but then how when do you, you determine play it, that? it gives you like a migraine sometimes where you sell yes. something and it's like you know, for too much or too little, and your brain's like, I don't understand. So you're like, when when you're a shopkeeper, um, when you're in the shopkeeping mode, and you're going to uh, hardcore capitalist adventure time, um, uh, you are constantly watching your customers come in, and you're watching for their reaction to the price of the thing that you're selling. Yes, and that is going to tell you whether you've set it at the the Goldilocks price whether it's too low or too high to be selling. If it's too high to be selling, there's a chance that they'll buy it because it's in high demand. Mm-hmm. But or, most of the time, they'll just leave it. Yeah, they look unhappy at you. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you spend a lot of time looking, trying to, like, scope out how they're feeling. Yes. Which and that, But then you also spot thieves at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's a the fun little... Thieves and, like, <laughs> what's, what's great is um, everybody looks the same. You're always prepared for the thief to come in because mm-hmm. the thief looks the same. It's always the same damn thief that comes in most of the time. And the, and the further you get into um, the game, the more thieves start to appear. But they all they all but they like, always look the same. Yeah. And you can go, all right, yeah, great. This guy's gonna try and ha- take dude. a crack at at you know like my goods again. Um, I d- I didn't find the price gave me a migraine because whatever I did. Even if I applied my own twisted logic to <laughs> to how the pricing worked in this game, um, I always undersold them. I always did as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was so difficult to guess off the bat just how much something costs right. because the you you have a you have a merchant's journal, mm-hmm. and in that journal it records the pricing for every item in the game um, that you can encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll only fill in once you get the item. And it'll record the... It records the reaction it, to a price, not... Yeah. It's very weird. So it's, like, very happy, 
where it's like you undersold it. Yeah, it'll Not record really your yeah, it'll record your lowest price mm-hmm. that you've sold it for and it'll record your highest price that you've sold it for and it's a slow game of like Finding whittling those two prices toward a middle. Because um, you can just oversell, you can overprice everything if you want to. But you but, won't sell anything. Well, you but you can after a while and people just start to hate you for it. So there's a popularity yeah. mechanic that I was trying to explore the other night where if you do just keep everything high forever, and like people don't want to come to your shop, but they have to to buy it. They get really pissed off with you, mm. and less people start coming to your shop. So there's, there's there's a kind of interesting mechanic there where it lowers your max capacity for people and lowers the number of people that come in. Mm. So there is a kind of trade off to like if you sell everything really cheap, you make less money and more people come in. Yeah, but you're also making like you kind of spend more time to get the money you need. Whereas if you sell everything really expensive, then you become less popular, but you can sell less shit so yeah. you have to be there for less time i i thought that they kind of held your hand through that whole evolution mm. of the store a little bit too much but it could have been a bit more i don't know it or even if the in the same way that when you upgrade the you know the the chest and the bed and the the um the discount box yeah. i would have liked to have seen that kind of choice mechanic with the upgrades to the actual shop itself so the you to get the assistant that's like you know, a really expensive opening price and then also like a daily rate. Yeah. Um, do her 30% or whatever. And then, you know, to get these, these more cabinets and the, you know, like I would have liked to have seen just some more, like not even branching options, but more ways to focus in what you're trying to do initially. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm just going to sell prestige goods, I'm going to buy the glass cases that draw people's attention more. Mm. Um, or I'm going to, cause you can do that with the, with the decorations, you know, the ornaments that. Increase yes. Increase. Yeah. 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 Um, so you wanted that to be more fr- like free planning of the actual of, of space, itself, the actual yeah. space itself, not, instead of getting like a bunch more tables uh, just at once. L- not even yeah. like a Minecraft thing where you're like, I put these ones here, but just mm. even just like set layout blueprint things where you can be like, I want to do these, this upgrade, then that upgrade, then that upgrade. Not yeah. one, two, three, four, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just that would, kind of would have been an interesting way to help you focus the start of the game. Because by the time you get to the end of it, things are pretty cruisy, and you're just trying to beat the bosses. Because mm. you you have like a kajillion dollars in your your purse or whatever, so it would have had some more like more tension at the start of the game that might have continued throughout. Because um, I have no reason to buy the bigger chest. Mm. Like whereas the bed was super helpful in the dungeons. Oh yeah, because you know? yeah, that that health boost. Yeah, and, you get, and the then you get the 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 three free hits as well. Yeah. Um. You know, whereas getting the extra chest space like. By it's that like, point, you're selling enough. You're shit. selling enough shit that the the space in the chest isn't an issue unless you're hoarding items for upgrades and, even and then, potions. But it's like you're doing forty for a cycle tops or whatever. Yeah, you know, I was storing armor and stuff, but that's one chest's worth. And some of them are like nearly bottomless. The the chests that you get on the mm. left hand side are like two or three deep by the time you get toward the end of the game. Yeah, you know. The um, I I kind of wanted them to when um, the de- the developers drop the mechanics a little earlier than than they did um so like day by day introduce you know obviously the selling the sale mechanic um but then maybe on the second day introduce the order mechanic Mm -hmm. because i thought that came way too late oh where people can ask for people asking for things that's such an interesting mechanic too because you stress out you do stress out like i've got four days and i can't you know (laughs) there to i don't i don't know if there was any tangible um consequence for neglecting that it decreases your popularity after a while yeah okay yeah yeah well i I only failed one because i was very good 
They, um, <laughs> it gave me like actual stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're like, God damn it, I need to find these arbitrary items. You spend and four days in the forest dungeon, and you get one of them. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. And you go, Jesus, fuck. He's gonna be yeah, so pissed. They're gonna be so upset with me. And, and I just didn't they know. won't even take the one that you gave, like the no. one that you got. But I, I was like a real it's all or nothing with them. I was a real wimp. I just would be like, well, I don't have them. I'm not, I'm not gonna open the shop. That I'm not gonna open the shop today. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. They'll fuck. I don't want to confront them. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess seeing that earlier would have been cool. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and sustaining that all the way throughout. Mm. Um, and even the popularity mechanic would have been nice. And they could have even done that thing where maybe... Yeah, even bring that in a bit more. So if you do those quests, it gets more popular. And maybe yeah. that, that, that has like an effect on the tipping. Yeah. Tipping being a flat rate seemed odd to me. I wanted that to be tied to the popularity. Yeah, that would have been nice. Because... Uh, like the optimal build is to just it's just only tip yeah it's only tip yeah yeah, yeah which like you can do if you have the emporium upgrade yeah with the enough slots i just i just plastered every possible utility item that would get more money yeah because there's shop. no reason not to yeah whereas if, if you've done that thieves it, went a problem like like if you, you saw a thief kit? you just follow them around yeah. it was it was awful like like if this was if this happened in the real world um, uh, would, this would be an actual yeah. crime. You'd hate the city. Um, like, What's going on? <laughs> yeah, but you just you just keep an eye on them, and then once they do finally take the thing off the shelf, then you tackle um, them. Then you tackle and them. You know, because they have a little your... bloop, bloopy icon above their head. Yeah, when they walk in the door. The actual I thief icon. I would have loved. To, <laughs> I w- what I would have loved with the thieves is, is if they a looked a bit different, but there might have been some identifier if you're paying enough attention. Mm. But b if they appraised items incorrectly. So, like, if you had, like, an item that was really expensive that you were charging a lot for, and they were really happy that it was cheap, and then they grab, like, yeah. and they grab it and try and run, that would be super cool, because then you'd have to be, like, that would add another layer of tension to the appraisal mechanic from the civilians coming in to buy stuff. Because mm. then you'd be like, well, are they excited that it's cheap because I undersold it, or are they going to fucking steal it? Yeah. You know, that something there, or even if they didn't appraise it when as, they walked up to it. That as far as work. I'm aware, it was random. It was it was wholly random what What's they that? were taking. The thieves. Oh, it's just random shit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. in the sense that, like, it doesn't matter what they're going up to. If there was some way that they could signify that without having, like, the little bandito icon. Yeah. Like, even if they just didn't, when they walked up to the item, whereas everyone else is appraising it and having a reaction, they just didn't react. Mm. They appraised it and then just took it. You know, that'd be cool. <laughs> so, like, something where you go, oh, shit, like, you know, that's, unless you're paying attention, you're not going to spot it. Like, it gets a bit easy after a while. Yeah. And when you have the shop assistant, she fucking chases them out the door and brings the shit back. Like, yeah. Yeah, that kind of eliminates that issue. Um, but still, I, I think there's a lot of really cool ideas um, at work under the hood that create a lot of integrated tension as you go forward. Mm. But as you said, toward the end of the game, some of that falls away as you just get too rich. Yeah. Like, did you ever use the banker for investment? Oh, my God. Yeah, I did. <laughs> explain to me how that works. Um, that would involve trying to explain... Um, a simulacrum of the of the economy itself <laughs> uh-huh. in real life. Okay. Did they just do an algorithm or something? I think it's just an algorithm, but it's a dumb algorithm. Like there's there's no there's no to me any cause and effect. Like mm-hmm. what you do that will that will increase your investment or decrease your investment because the banker the banker says uh, invest in me, and I will bring other businesses in neighboring villages to life. Mm-hmm. And you do. You need to put a lot of money in him. Mm-hmm. But there's a substantial risk in that. So I put I put one million gold pieces into this guy. High roller. Right? Because because I went like fifty thousand is pocket change, but yeah. there's no 
Like there's there's no there's no uh, immediate benefit mm-hmm. to gaining like a ten percent raise on fifty thousand. Yeah, ten percent on one million. Is that's a lot. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, uh, which backfired. Yep. Right, because on the second day it plummeted ninety percent and took all of that cash. <sighs> took all of that cash. All of they was I had a hundred thousand gold left in the bank, and I went, "Where's my gold?" And you can't then take your investment out. Because he won't let you. Because it's like, I don't work six of the seven days a week. You need to come see me at the end of the week where you can then mm. take the rest of the money out that you've got. Mm-hmm. And then for better or worse, you get the money out at the end of the week. And and I think I had 400000 by the end of the week. That was, that was there left. A lot of people in the forums will tell you not to use the banker. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should. Because it, it, it's there's no way to predict it. Uh, there's yeah. there's no there's no game yeah, to that yeah, yeah. system. It's not like if you sell more shit in your shop, then it's better. Or, like the, yeah, there's no corollar- like corollary for like the actual performance. Yeah. It's just you also don't see any effect of your money. Like like you don't see other shops rising up or other or... other people getting I th- richer. I think that was the thing that struck me as weird is like because it's pixel assets. Mm. They could have done a cheap thing and like the better and more stuff you're doing like even just like the more screens you could walk into and see new houses and new homes and stuff yeah that would have been nice that but it doesn't yeah it i don't know there's a there's a part of me that like wishes um what's the word for it like if there was a way they could create a tactile sense of this place growing because when you build the first shops it's fucking cool Mm. more people start coming to town yeah there's more life in the town it's really exciting yeah but then after that it's just kind of nothing happens except there are more dungeons open Mm. would have been cool if like you know oh we've opened up the the bottom market now and you go down further and there's just like more shops or whatever it could Mm. they could be selling the same shit but that feeling of growing a town would be kind of cool or if it's just more homes you can go talk to more people i mean i i know it like Games, the way they work is like doing that is like infinitely more development. Mm. But I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to criticize it based on based on what should have happened. Exactly. I like. I. I again. I. I agree. Um, but rather than uh, the bank, rather than spending the time with the banker, maybe that could have been. Just would have been nice to like like have have something else to do with your money after a while. Even I if guess. even if there was an ability, I was thinking about this the other night. Mm. Like. When you leave the shop to choose to put in your adventuring gear or not, and then you could go down and there could be like a second part of town that's like the recreation area, yeah, like a bar and like a restaurant, and like you could maybe like have relationships mm. or like even and that w- it would mean fleshing out the story yeah. or even just bang off the um, walls and like not even not even like having you know like a like relationships of carrying but like just like a bar where you can spend money and just mm. hang out and watch people go about their day or something yeah you know? yeah yeah, yeah. I think little. I think it would like um it would have been nice to see more than one additional merchant, yeah. like general goods merchant in the town. Um, because yeah. that, like at that at the very least would have created another layer of, um, I guess, complexity to your own pricing. Yeah. So you can see that someone's underselling you. And even, oh, even what, oh, what, like, yeah, yeah, that's actually, I didn't even thought of that. And then really you're going, oh my God, you know, how do I react to that? Because you, you, you know? go there and you hit the right trigger or whatever, looking at that item and you go, whoa, they're selling it for 50 gold less than I am. Yeah. I'm going to buy them all. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. cool, fun sort of 
you know, that the was... Create, yeah, yeah, yeah. Create a monopoly based yeah. around, yeah, yeah, what, like... If you yeah, want to. And that'd be fun. Energy crystals. Um. Yeah, but then he's got shit you can't find. Yeah. Because he's going to another town to get it, and you can't do that because you use the dungeons. Yeah. So, like, that'd be really fun and interesting. Mm. But again, like, it, it creates so much more complexity. Um, and again, I think the game works really well by itself, but there's just... It, it feels like the start of something... Not the. Yeah. It it feels like they went. He, we have all these really cool ideas here. Here is most of it, but the next bit you need to make it into like a masterpiece that would just like that would just like suck like the darkest dungeon that sucks you in and you're like mm. I played this game for two hundred hours and I'm like so invested in this human resources department for these heroes and I feel their struggles and it's so like there's enough <laughs> layers that you feel like you're part of that. Yeah. And the tactile sense of you achieving something. And 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 even when you do something good, you lose stuff, and people are damaged and they hurt, and they need time to recover. Whereas I feel like with Moonlighter, even when you die, the worst that happens is you go back to town and you keep your top row of items or whatever. Yeah, you know, it it, it doesn't feel like there's a substantial, um, doesn't it seems like there's substantial enough stakes or layers necessarily to lend that complexity. Yeah, after a while, when you when you get really good at the dungeons. Yes, I I agree. I think early on, early on's great. Early on, it's great because you you're terrified that you're just going to lose everything. The, yeah. the one really cool thing about this game as well is uh, the inventory packing mechanics that they've that they've implemented yeah, we touch in this on game. Those, yeah because um, you know in most games you know you have different sized items in this particular game you have items that will have a reaction when placed against different items mm-hmm. um so you've got to organize your backpack in a way that like you don't want everything you don't want the wrong things to be touching each other by the end of the some dungeon things will destroy other things and other things need to be at the bottom no, like some of them teleport them home. Other things, yeah. Them. Other things will like transform them into the same item. Yeah, I did that a few times. I was like, no, no, yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, you have this, you have this, yeah, this shit berry that you get. You know, you mm-hmm. sell for like seventy-five gold pieces, and you accidentally like place a stack it against, of gold. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stack of gold rune. Like, no, <laughs> no, that's like ten k. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. I think that's a really fun idea. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it 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 is punishing at at very inopportune times especially when you're trying to upgrade and oh, you accidentally you turn d- all of your d- you know goop. into group um <laughs> i think what makes it not work sometimes is that it's this when you discard items you make money from them that yeah sometimes makes me go eh like if that if that wasn't there it would be so much more maybe actually if that wasn't there you might get i might get really frustrated with it actually because that kind of yeah getting getting rid of it because you go oh, i'm gonna make 10 bucks anyway you know mm. But I don't know how else they could have done that. Um, oh, it's hard hard to say. Yeah. Um, improving the stack rate would have been nice. Ten giving is not a high enough number. Yeah, giving giving everything a flat ten because there are some that you can only stack five times. Or if you um, could upgrade your backpacks, you could have higher stack rates or something. Yeah, or, I was expecting that. It just never happened. Yeah, weird. Like to be able to upgrade some of William's other stuff, or like if he had some sweet threads he could chuck on yeah. the shop that would you make... can you can upgrade the starting broom that's it um which, which yeah. you know blew, blew my you mind should. when i uh, when i yeah, yeah when yeah. i realized it you should hang on to it yeah yes hang on to the broom yeah um it's a meta item <laughs> it is very much a meta item. but i don't know it's it's just really cool and it feels like it was the start of a really 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 like comprehensive idea that just kind of they went okay we did it and i'm keen to see if they do something else with the same ideas yeah forward. maybe it's like a moonlighter 2 that's that plus 
a whole bunch of more stuff. I'd yeah, to see that. it's yeah, it does does seem like a game that is crying out for a sequel that just improves on every it element. Just layers more because um, <laughs> they've got the ba- they've kind of built the tech demo. Now they need the stuff. Yeah. on top of that. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, it's it really fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Um, do you have any kind of wrapping up thoughts aside from that? The art style is wonderful. It's charming. Um, it is very charming. Yeah, I um, love it. Uh, the yeah, it's. It's it's simple. It's simple enough to to be interesting. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a good end of day brain off beer in hand game. Yeah, you can sit there and play for half an hour with with your Xbox controller or whatever. Mm. Put your feet up, have a have a brew, and just kind of tune out and really enjoy selling stuff to people. Yeah, and feel like you've achieved something. And because of how it's structured, it is like a great ten minutes before it's on the Switch, which leave. is genius. Yeah, the Switch. It's on yeah. the Switch. Um, PS4. It's on Steam. Yeah, I've been playing it on the PC. I want to buy yep. it on the Switch though, because yeah. and that'd be great for the train or the bus or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And you can you can play it play it in very short intervals. This is what I liked about this game because I bought it around the same time that I got Red Dead. Yeah, and you probably and needed a break. It was for- so nice, like in comparison, you have this big fuck off world, and then you've got Moonlighter, which is dippy toes. It's nice. Mm. It's very nice. Compartmentalized. Um, no, absolutely agree. <laughs> uh, do you have any recommendations for this week? What people should uh, things you've been watching or reading or checking out. Ooh, the segment does happen every week, and every time we do it, everyone is surprised that we still do the segment. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can do mine first yeah. if you have to <laughs> you, think for a you minute. You do yours first. I'll think about it. Um, I'm currently rereading the Skullduggery Pleasant series, which I mentioned before. I'm reading Gunslinger for the Book Club by Stephen King. It's as good as I remember, if not better. Um, I've been rewatching Mad Men, which I've talked about for the last like six or seven weeks because I'm well deep in that rabbit hole. Um, aside from that, uh, you'll check out Gus Johnson on YouTube. He just put up a one minute 30 video that is just phenomenal storytelling. It's real dumb and fun, um, but brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, listening to the weekly planet podcast as always. It's still great. James and, uh, Mason are back from holidays. So check that out. Too good. Um, late to the game with this one, but, uh, go watch Ben the snatch. Yeah. We bragged on it last week, but go watch it if you haven't. Yeah. Go, go watch yeah. it. It's interesting. Yeah. Go watch it, then listen to our episode from last week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then think of better things to do with the choose your own adventure Then then think of what if the story was also good. Yeah. Was my point, the whole podcast. But to summarize last week's episode, if you haven't listened to it, but what if they just did a good story at the same time? Mm. Um, Yeah, so go check that out. That was with uh, our friend Adam, that Adley from Ireland. He was Skyped in, and uh, he did a fantastic job of helping us break it down. Ben really enjoyed it because of the tech aspects. So he explained to us how they built it uh, and the sort of some of the intricacies of the system. And then we basically tore the story to shreds. So check yeah. that out if you're interested. Um, otherwise, this is the part of the show where we do our plugs, but I don't think you have it memorized like Benjamin does. No. Um, we're everywhere. Uh, we're DCM Works everywhere. Uh, on Twitter, we're at DCM underscore works. Uh, if you want to help support the show, uh, patreon.com slash DCM works. You can find... Uh, over 60 plus behind the scenes podcasts all kinds of things like our interface uh audio drama anthology series where ben reads me a series of posts from reddit that tie together to create a world that's not too dissimilar to our own (laughs) uh but maybe some stuff is going on that doesn't happen here or maybe it's the same world who knows uh otherwise there's all kinds of things like a road to infinity war you get early access to video essays you also get an extra 20 minutes of art for artists every week in the form of our post show which is 20 more minutes of us, which I think is, is a good thing. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, some people disagree. My mother disagrees. But, uh, you know, in general, people think it's a good thing. So you can check that out uh, if, you, if you head to patreon.com slash DCMWorks. Starting at $3 a month for subscriptions. 
and you get access to everything immediately. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can buy my book at maynardtrick.com. Aaron was the editor, so he can attest that it's uh, it's some quality material. Yes. Uh, and if you have read it, <laughs> which I know a lot of you have, uh, you can go write that on Goodreads and help um, help jump in there and let people know what you thought of it. Even mm-hmm. if you thought it was terrible, any writing at all helps, and we appreciate any feedback. Otherwise, if you want to follow us individually, I'm at DCMIHatePie. And I'm at A underscore Araswari. Good luck spelling Good luck. that. It's in the show notes. And we'll see you guys next week.